do you watch the game? <laughs> Welcome to the first Western Sports Football Club podcast. We're a bunch of amateurs when it comes to football and also podcasting, but we never let that get in the way of anything before, and it does give us an excuse for all of our failings. We're certainly not being paid to produce any of this rubbish that you're going to be listening to. Our aim is to keep you up to date with our club's results uh, and activities and shed some light on the running of a grassroots football club. For example, we're doing this straight after a training session that was not as well as attended as we'd like to. And before that, I was down the ground meeting a building contractor to talk about our car park and putting some planers on it to seek ground improvements. It's not something we can afford to pay for ourselves. So if we can get in and do things for free when it's done, then that's fantastic for us. We are, just so you know, uh, Western Sports Football Club. We play in the Dorset Premier League. We are Yeovil's biggest non-professional club. We have 13 teams within us and we were founded in 1939. Our first team currently playing the Dorset Premier League. We have a reserves in the Dorset Senior League and youth sides from under 18s down to under 9s in the Dorset Youth League, the Somerset Youth League and the Yeovil District Leagues. We have a clear pathway from youth football into senior football and we're the only club in the town who can offer this. Right now, we've all done our training for the evening and we're sat in the arrow. There's Champions League football on TV. We've just seen Liverpool get beaten by... Red Star Belgrade, a bit of a surprise, and we thought we'd come and talk about what happened for us at the weekend. So, first off, the first team had a senior cup game against Hengrove Athletic, the reserve side from there. Uh, it was a lot closer than perhaps we'd have liked at one point, and I think the game got off to a, an interesting start when the referee turned up. Uh, a young lad, I think it's fair to say, um, told me that he was could remember one of his first refereeing occasions refereeing at our ground when it was the Oval ladies were playing there I asked him how old he was and when he told me he was 18 I sort of decided that he should be able to remember his first refereeing experiences but it still got worse because Ant were you were you party to um, what happened before the game yeah we were um, yeah we were warming up just doing a normal shooting and Painters Painters hit one has gone in you know a rarity it has gone in but it's gone through the net and smack the poor bloke in the nose so yeah I don't know if he broke his nose but it's certainly you know pouring with blood so it weren't the best start for the lad was it having to treat the referee for a bloody nose before the game inflicted by one of your players is not possibly the best start that you might think of towards a game but he seemed okay with it and went on to referee very well I think there's no certainly no incident that stood out no major things he got wrong I think I probably should have mentioned somewhere along the line that I'm sat here with Anne Heron who played for the first on Saturday Alex Murphy played for the reserves and Ryan Trevor who's been desperately trying to get fit for some time but he'll get there sooner or later came training tonight so that's another step on the way back to from recovery so Anne talking about the first team game then we started like a train it's fair to say and after two minutes what happened Painter scored didn't he um, where, did it, where did it come from oh, well I don't want to talk about it basically <laughs> difficult throwing into my feet controlled it pushed matey off the ball whipped it in I think Payne, did he handball it well I, it's difficult to say from where I was but my instinct was that it certainly hit his hand I mean did you see anything dodgy about it because if it did hit his hand I would say it was from very very close range yeah no I think I think it it coming together with the defender on it and it fell kindly to him and yeah what was it two minutes in one nil up very good start and that sort of carried on really as we five minutes in just three minutes later it was two nil again you were heavily involved yeah I can't remember it from a throw in or just a ball in but it came into me sort of deep in the in, the, um, in our I don't know what we, we were, yeah deep in our half and uh, yeah just clipped it over to Payno's 
probably quicker than anyone on that pitch. So yeah, he made my he made my ball look good, got on the end of it, and then buried it. So cracking start from that, and at this point we were all over them really. Um, and just 15 minutes into the game, it goes three 0 up, and this one's a three ball to Jamie from Carney, and it was a hell of a three ball, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, Carney, yeah, Carney's brilliant on the ball, isn't he? Um, and then yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, we started so well, didn't we? Uh, it probably looked like it was going to go on to be about five or six, even in the first half. But then I don't know, gradually got quite bad, didn't it? Yeah, and at that point we're three 0 up, cruising the game, and probably not long after that we had an opportunity to make it four. Um, there was a, a youthful-looking uh, left fullback who legged it down the line, smashed the ball across to Josh, who either couldn't quite connect or directed it wide of the far post. I think. When was that? I can, do you know what? I honestly can't remember that. <laughs> I can't remember that. Oh, well, I think the opportunity was there for us to make it four and it didn't quite happen. But from then on, we seemed to go off the boil. It just didn't quite happen for us, did it? And Hengrove got more and more into the game. Yeah, I think, yeah, Swats made... Sam Watts, sorry. He made Oliver save, didn't he, in the first... Was it towards the end of the first half, yeah. start of the second half? Um, but, yeah, they, they were definitely starting to come into the game. They, I know they had the wind, but it weren't really... We were just poor for last half. We sort of started to lose out and with Johnny Manley going off injured, we, they started to look a bit more threatening from balls into our boxes, whereas we hadn't really been getting those opportunities before. And um, like you say, Sam Watts made a great save, uh, I think just before half-time, when they'd already pulled one back, it has to be said. And then not too long, into, well, 20 minutes in the second half, it's 3-2 and all of a sudden we're not looking quite so good. And before we know it, 10 minutes to go, it's 3 all and we're hanging on. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a strange turnaround, which we weren't expecting. It was... Was it them being better or was it us going off the ball? Uh, us going off the ball, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. We, we were poor. We were so, so poor. And I, I, know we made, I know Johnny came off, but then I think we made two early subs in the second half. And next thing we know, we've, it's, you know it's free all. Uh, game looking like it's going in the pens. Jamie, one of our penalty takers, off, you know, was on the bench. I don't know. Yeah, it, I, I'm not taking anything away from them. They, they, you know, they show brilliant character coming back to make it free all but we let it slip didn't we really so in the end we went to penalties we did have a chance near the end Steve Ormer had a was it a header cleared off the line by one of their defenders I think yeah from, from a corner, corner wasn't it yeah and we ended up at three all now the, the Somerset Senior Cup rules this year that was no extra time so we went straight to penalties and so first up was Steve Ormerod and his penalty was pretty decent wasn't it yeah bottom right sent the keeper the wrong way easy and their first penalty, Sam Watts died to his right and yeah, saved it. It's cool. It's good with Swats because you just think he he probably is going to save any penalty faced at him. Um, it, it was a poor pen, don't get me wrong, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's... but he still got to save him and he went yeah. the right way and got it right. So um, probably, I don't know. I think to some people. I've heard say, well, this was a great penalty because of it's unsavable. But the look on Hayden's face when he turned around after he'd scored it said maybe he was a bit lucky. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, it's Hayden, isn't it? I know. After 90 minutes of winding up the opposition, winding us up, he does our head in. Uh, yeah, he decides to chip it down the middle and off the bar. Uh, it was a good penalty, wasn't it? He was in off the bar, so the keeper really had no chance. But I think uh, Hayden's face even betrayed the fact that he felt he may have got his luck in a little bit. But we'll see. Uh, was it the next one as well? Sam Watts nearly saved. Was yeah, it so under him, didn't it? So it went the right way and sort of was diving towards a corner, but it wasn't quite that good and went underneath. But then, so next up for us was Josh. 
can't remember. It went he, across the keeper's. Yeah, he went across his body to the left, and he keeper went the wrong way again. And you'll know all about our fourth penalty taker. Oh, what, what, where do we start? <laughs> do you see it, Trev? Fucking bracket. <laughs> yeah, top left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, I took the fourth. Um, and then what? Their captain took. I think their captain moved up a place to take their fourths because they had to stay in. He scored, and then Henry, who I didn't really know took penalties, took the fifth. Good penalty. Yeah. So five perfect penalties, really. Yeah, we didn't really have. We had five very good penalties, which is really pleasing to see, and went on and won that. Um, I think the big question for us really is the last round of this competition. We were three 0 up and ended up hanging on three two. This round we were three 0 up and went to penalties. <laughs> what is what is wrong with us? Management, <laughs> Phil. Harry Gibbs. I don't know what he, he can't manage a game out. No, I'd, if only the way there was a way of feeding back to them so they could find this out. Yeah, well, I'll let you know. This podcast can be their source of information from you know player player ongoings. But um, I don't. We got we got to be careful, haven't we? Because sooner or later we're we're not going to score three in a game, and it was going to catch us out. Can't keep having to score three gate three goals. Sorry to win a game. Okay, so the uh, in the next round, the draw took place yesterday at Somerset FA headquarters, and we've been drawn against Timsbury. What do you know about Timsbury? Oh, Jesus, absolutely <laughs> no idea. Google mapped it. Was it in between Wales and Bath? Yeah. <laughs> good side, good young outfit, like the press. I, well, I'm not no, we don't know. All we know is that Timsbury is in between Wales and Bath, like you said, and uh, they are in the Somerset Senior League, so um, it's going to be a tough challenge. I think that's a division up from uh, the side we played Saturday, so if we've been given a run by two teams so far in lower divisions, then we can expect a tough round. Um, what we haven't got to look forward to is the quarterfinals, the quarterfinals. So you should expect a hard game, but the quarterfinals are not till March, so we've got some time to think about it and uh, improve. And I'm away. Uh, I think we were away, so get on the road for that one. Um, just to cover the other thing, I think in our uh, in the Dorset Premier League this weekend, uh, there's an interesting result. Um, it was Parley six, Balti nil, which is possibly not what you'd expect. They're a weird side, Parley, aren't they? Like they. You know, you, I don't know. Every time we played them, it's always tough. But you never know, sort of which which side will turn up. I, well, I definitely wouldn't have thought six nil. You know, Bolty. I think well, Bolty beat his last game of last season, didn't they? And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Bolty Bolt been doing well this year, and partly, like I say, always a strong side, particularly at home. But um, I think it was just the six nil result really was a bit of a surprise I mean if you'd have said Parley had won 1-0 or 2-1 then maybe you'd have just oh yeah but but the 6-0 is uh, is a whole different ball game and that's two sides that we've got to play later this month so that'll be something to look forward to okay so moving on then to the reserve team Merce let's talk to you about this so last weekend uh, you went up against the league leaders and won and this weekend we went away to Mere Town and it was another sort of there's a lot of teams up there so it was a sort of another top of the table clash um, and the first half was quite sort of cagey and tight <laughs> any thoughts? <laughs> sorry Phil yeah uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a big game uh, just just Mercy's struggling to talk about this without laughing. This is a new experience for us all, the whole talking thing. And, and we're going to see if we can find out about editing and stuff like that and be really professional with these podcasts. But until we get to that, edit, that stage, the first half was quite tight. It was, yeah. Uh, so, nil-nil um, at half-time against Mir. Uh, we'd just beaten Paul Borough and Chickerell away. 
uh, so went to Mir knowing that they'd come down for the DPL uh, good side couple of special characters in their side a um, couple of brothers who uh, I think a few of the Westerns boys from last season knew all about uh, one of the quickest men I have ever seen uh, at centre half for them which is apparently why Charlie Gay decided not to play uh, said he had a tight calf um, but I think he'd, he'd seen in the WhatsApp that they had a quick centre half and his calf got even tighter uh, so yeah Nil-nil at half-time. Uh, Sheardy, who was uh, covering the game in place of JR, basically said to us that he thought that a bit more bite, a bit more fight, a bit more spirit, that we could potentially win the game. And uh, on the hour mark, we uh, took the lead. So Tom Aitken, who's just back from injury, uh, he ran down the right wing, uh, whipped a ball in, keeper uh, dropped the ball, um, I think he misjudged the flight and Jamie Green who's returned back to the team uh, came back and scored an absolute worldie from four yards out to put us 1-0 five minutes later and it got better uh, poor defensive header from I think one of their centre halves um, left Nigel no chance to get back but I was through on goal um, and I think a Di Maria-esque chip uh, against Leicester from myself into the top corner to make it 2-0 and uh, yeah so that was 65 gone knew we had 25 minutes left um, three subs on the bench but we, we kept the same 11 out there and we, we kind of held on Pip made some really good saves um, despite nursing apparently one, a really bad hangover uh, which turned out to be the second day of his three day bender um, but they made it 2-1 with 10 minutes to go their striker got the ball whipped in uh, and he, he tapped into pretty much an empty net and you thought maybe it could be uh, it could be one of those games where we let it slip like Tisbury earlier in the season but uh, held on all defended well we brought Brandon on for Joe Jarvis who at the minute can't last 90 minutes um, Brandon made a, a, a tackle on their number 11 who'd been winding up a few of the guys anyway so that was a nice touch uh, but we managed to hold on and get the result which put us top of the league so uh, three away games in a row as I said Paul Borough, Chickarill and uh, Mir and I don't think even in JR and Sheardy's wildest dreams we'd have got nine points um, that's good rash report it's almost like you'd rehearse that you certainly didn't want us to ask any questions of you but we're going to do it anyway <laughs> um, so can we have a come on so we've heard about a little bit briefly about the sort of wonder chip second goal from yourself just uh, just talk us through exactly what happened in slow motion okay so uh, I think I was uh, blowing and offside and <laughs> struggling to get back onside uh, I've been out on the right for the first 70 minutes and then swapped with Dwayne um, and, and yeah Sheardy put me through the middle um, and the, the defenders misjudged a header uh, and I'm sort of semi trying to get back on side but turn on the ball uh, Nigel's sprinting back but can't quite get there and their <laughs> keeper's in no man's land and I've just thought to myself this can go over him and I've put it in the bracket that's very, very impressive. Us. Can we just say, I mean, obviously, uh, Mir were in the DPL last year and, and went down um, really 
for their own reasons chose to chose to go down as opposed to got relegated or anything um, so I guess it probably financial reasons and the cost of, of running a football club at various levels um, so we've all played against them and I, I guess the, the team is similar-ish um, so the broader question I mean Nigel the centre-half I mean is he the quickest player we've ever played against all of us and he's the quickest the quickest thing honestly he is rap- it's a joke isn't it actually he is so so quick yeah, I, I mean, I'm not blessed with pace, so I think I flatter him. But yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's the quickest player I've ever played against. We've got some quick players, and I think even they think he's feel like he's making them run in treacle, don't we? So uh, he makes Painter and Charlie Gay, who are two probably two of our quickest players, uh, look silly. And I've heard some stuff from the first team before, and spoke to Jordan Fletcher at work, who used to play for Westlands now at Wincanton, and said, "This guy is unreal. You don't realise how quick he's running." Um, when you just see him by himself, it's you just gauge him, sort of float past people. And there was four or five times where people are shouting at me and Dwayne from the sideline, you're in, and you're thinking, I'm bloody not. <laughs> and Nigel just comes back and you just see him fly past you and hit the ball off and you're like, I can't deal with that. Um, like you mentioned in your, in your sort of report there, um, we've had... Um ex-club captain Flem or Jamie Green come back in for the last couple of games and he's, he's come straight in back into reserves as, as captain for a couple of games and, and been pretty good from what I hear it's, he's certainly vocal on the pitch which has got to help but do you know anyone whose head can swell quite so big from scoring a uh, two inch tapping? Uh, apart from maybe my own no um, <laughs> Fle- yeah, Flem's come back in been a completely different midfielder to to what we've kind of had in that reserve side um, came straight back in as captain which I think he was bemused about yeah straight in oh. yeah oh. straight in apparently it was part of his terms when he texted Gibbo about coming back <laughs> it was captain only but no he, he was brilliant at Chickaroo. Um he got one of the soft well one of the nicest yellow cards from the ref <laughs> that I've ever seen it was it was late, it was high, it was studs raised and how he didn't get sent off, I'll never know. But that kind of foot in against Mir was what we needed and I don't think we've kind of had that in midfield but we've got some different options now with Tom Aitken, uh, Joe Jarvis you got, and then you've got Brandon and you've got hopefully Wolfie and Noodles to come back and, and Trev Carney. and Sam Carney uh, when <laughs> the first have got the strongest squad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Vet. Um, but yeah, and, and Trev to come back eventually. So our, our squad's now starting to really take shape um, from sort of playing Tisbury and having to play six six or seven youngsters to now having to text people and leave them out of the squad. So uh, I think we can have a right good crack at it this year. And uh, we were talking on Saturday how if the first team get relegated, we'll be able to go <laughs> up to DPL. That's completely true. So uh, we'll have a look at that, see how it's all going towards in the season. Uh, well, you mentioned Trevor, it's in his roast of fitness. We've got him here, so let's ask the question. Uh, in which season do you think you're going to make your comeback? Uh, 20, 2023, roughly, I'd, I'd say. Um, yeah, no. Um, started off pre-season, played a couple games. Um, then I had a problem with my knee. So that's kept me back for a couple months. And then I went training last uh, two weeks ago and pulled my hamstring on my other leg. So I've been fat for about seven years. <laughs> so I can't see it changing too soon. But in all seriousness, I was real eager to, um, to get back playing this year because um, one 
plenty of my friends that play for the club anyway, and I used to play out there um, years ago. But um, just got to work a bit harder and wait for my chance, really, now. But the boys are doing amazingly well um, now. The squad's been made a lot, lot stronger with um, Flame coming back and uh, Tom Aitken's now fit, uh, Dicker as well, so definitely a lot, lot stronger with a lot more options. Yeah, it's good that we can hopefully compete in, in two leagues, although obviously it limits our options as to, to what happens at the end of them. But um, So after eight games for us, the reserves were sat uh, top of the Dorset Senior League. Um, I think possibly a good thing and a, and a bad thing. It's, it is quite tight at the top. There's five sides within four points, which is a, a good thing, and everyone's taking points off each other. So if we can keep on picking up the wins, like you have done certainly the last couple of weeks, then it puts us in a very good situation indeed. Okay, just to report on the other things then from the weekend, the uh, under-18s had a, a good 5-3 victory. Uh, they were a couple of goals up, got pecked back to 3 all, but still went on to win, score a couple more and win 5-3. That was really good news. And the under-16s were in the uh, Somerset Youth Shield and unfortunately lost 2-1. Uh, it was one all at um, full-time, went into extra time, and with just minutes to go in extra time, the keeper makes a clearance. It falls to a player on the halfway line who smashes it back a over his head and into the net which is something you find difficult to come back from in the last couple of minutes of extra time and something that I don't know the lad who did it maybe it's a once in a lifetime goal maybe he does it every week but you know it's a bit of something like that you can't really complain it's a bit of quality you don't see too too many times but very close anyway which has been an improvement on the last couple of weeks for them so you know onwards and upwards okay so let's think about next weekend um, first team and we've got what you would call a difficult trip away at Holt a horrible side aren't they yeah <laughs> um, well, I think some of them are quite nice oh, no, I, don't mean, I don't mean like that personally I'm sure they're, they're all alright I mean it's just a horrible place to go isn't it I don't, yeah. yeah I've never I don't really I can't really remember many fond memories of where Holt it's a very very difficult place to go it's, it's difficult when you get there it's small changing rooms pitched on a slight slope but pitch is okay um, the last few years we've I think actually despite putting in some really good performances against Holt just haven't got the results our performances deserve as in the last couple of seasons and, and the game earlier this season was slightly controversial come the end is that when four, yeah, four players got sent off three three players I don't, they, they were a better side though I thought still uh, all game it was 1-0 it, and then last minute yeah they, they counted and scored but no, they're a good side and didn't they beat, they beat the reserves in the cup final last year didn't they so yeah they are a good side um, they're a very good side and it's going to be a, a tough game for us to go down there um, obviously it was a bit strange at the weekend because uh, they had a cup game against in the Dorset Senior Trophy against Ham Rack and Holt cancelled due to not being able to get a side which is a bit odd so I'm sure they've all had a rollicking from the manager and we'll be facing a full strength side as we travel down to Holt on Saturday uh, Murphs the reserves on Saturday also got an away game now you're away at Broadstone now they're down in 11th in the league a couple of wins and a draw and five defeats so I don't, I don't think I've ever played at Broadstone. I don't know if you have, um, but it's a game that we need to win to keep our challenge going. Yeah, I, I can't remember, actually, if I played there last year. Uh, it's only my second season in Dorset football, but I can't remember going there. Um, I think we got... Yeah, I think this is our fourth out of five or six away games in a row. Um, 
with the first team. I think they had the cup game, um, and so we got rearranged to away. But yeah, Broadstone are 11th, but within that league, you you kind of, as, as you said earlier, everyone seems to take points from everyone. Um, teams like Corf Mullen, who we've got next week, who, you know, you think you've gone and beaten teams like Poole and Chickaroo and Mir, and, and that's nine points, but you can slip up there. We, we lost at Corf Mullen 5-4 last year with a last minute goal when dominating the game so every game's tough and um, an hour drive I think we might be getting a mini bus down with Charlie Gazel and Bob driving <laughs> is, so, that, is that safe? I don't know Bob's coaches but I know Bob keeps uh, JR and Sheardy entertained in the dugout his uh, main his main advice to the team is pass it Charlie <laughs> so, uh, so yeah but no tough game at Broadstone um but looking to get three more points and, and, and try and pull away from uh, some of those those sides chasing us. Okay, so before we can the fixtures and um, uh, on Saturday night after both games, which hopefully we'll have something to celebrate. Both sides will be heading to the Cowan Apple in Yeovil, which have uh, very kindly sponsored us this year, uh, and we'll just be uh, enjoying their hospitality. Um, They've put a board around the pitch, which if you're listening and you fancy a board around the pitch, you can have. Uh, and uh, as a bit of a repayment, we'll be taking as many lads down there to eat their burgers and drink their side as we possibly can. And I'm sure a fine night will be had by all. So I think that covers everything we need to talk about us. So just a couple of other topics then while we're here. Uh, Ant, you're a Fulham fan. They played last night <laughs> against Huddersfield. I'd sort of, I'd written down this as a sort of question before, before I knew the result. But uh, here we go. Are you disappointed to lose to a side who were below you in the league, or are you pleased to have only conceded one? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Phil, I told you, I'm a Man City fan. <laughs> France. Man France. <laughs> Anthony Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> Serena Williams. No, man, we're, we're so bad. We didn't have a shot on target. Yeah, they didn't have a shot on target. They had one shot on target and like three off target. Um, yeah, they're bad, aren't they? And what, what's worse is that you just know he's going to go and they'll bring in Sam Allardyce it'll just be boring football the rest of the year but they, they need to stay out don't they I don't know that's all they, what do they spend over 100 million in the transfer window bought a whole new back four that consists of like Chambers Fosu Mensah Brian Mawson like they're not exactly established Premier League they, were they better than what we had I, I don't know so oh, don't, I'd try to repress the memory yeah. to be honest with you <laughs> but yeah no I'm, I'm it won't surprise them. They're, they're terrible. Sorry to have brought it up, really, but um, it is. I mean, after I think, obviously, a lot of people or a lot of pundits uh, pre season were predicting they were going to finish top half after their spend and the, the way they finished the season and the way they've been the last couple of years. They've been a second half of the season side, so there's always the possibility they could have a late chase of Europe. <laughs> Come on, a late chase of Europe. <laughs> yeah, me on it, you. Honestly, no way. They're, they need to. Oh, there's big problems in there. Okay, so the other news of the week then, Murph, we'll come to you for this one. Um, so I've listened to a few things this week and I'll give their comments, but what do we think about Wayne Rooney's last cap for England? <clears throat> I've had a chat with a few of the boys about this. I've, I don't mind it at all. Um, <clears throat> I'm a United fan, though, so I've, I've kind of got that, uh, that fondness for him. But top England scorer, top United scorer of all time. Um, friendly game raising money for charity I saw today he's not going to be playing number 10 and starting he's going to come on as a second half sub so um, there there was a question of if he went and banged a hat trick do you keep him in the squad for Croatia Uh, but I don't don't think that will happen Um, I think it is a one-off and I think it's a, a good way to celebrate and I've seen a couple of sort of 
high-end journalists saying, oh, it's such a dangerous precedent, but I don't think there's going to be too many people who are going to achieve what he has for England. The next person likely to even have a chance of doing that is Harry Kane. And, you know, that some of the stuff that he does, I don't think if he retired and went to America, you'd begrudge him 25, 30 minutes in a friendly. I mean, you certainly can't knock his, his achievements uh, and what he's done and, you know, top outfield player caps and obviously record goal scorer. Um, I was listening to Chris Sutton and Ian Wright have a very big debate on it last night whereas Ian Wright had absolutely no problem with it and thought it was well deserved and, and Chris Sutton thought it was absolutely ridiculous to call him back and devalued an England cap to a degree because I mean where where do you stop with this he had a great career but hold on do we need to and celebrate what he did but shouldn't you be doing it in a different way rather than giving him an additional England cap because what, who's next I mean do we call up Bobby Charlton because we never said goodbye to him either or give him a proper send off yeah I don't know you, I don't, you can't be like too you can't be ridiculous about it can you like it's, we're not celebrating any any player. I don't have a problem with Rooney coming back. Just give him the send off. It goes to charity. And it doesn't even have to ease into like a youngsters' game time. Just rest Harry Kane or someone. I, I bet you Spurs fans do not care if Harry Kane don't play a minute. So just also, also sorry, also as well, he's coming off the bench for yeah. 25 minutes. If it wasn't that, it's going to be Danny Welbeck who'd be coming on for that time, who has not deserved an England cap his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I, I mean, I, I think we would say that Danny Welbeck's England record is pretty good, goal-scoring-wise, but leaving, leaving that aside, there's, there's two, two points I want to pick up on what, from both what you said there, about one being the, the money for charity. The gate receipts are not going to charity, they're going to the FA, because they think that it needs to go back through grassroots football. So there are other events going on, the FA will help raise money for that charity, but the, the, the gate receipts are not going to charity. And, and like you say, it's far, you know, I, I understand your point about um, Rooney playing for Harry Kane or doing that and not worrying about him or Danny Welbeck, but what happens if this is the week that Callum Wilson gets the call up and Wayne Rooney gets 25 minutes instead of someone like him? Is that right? No, I, there are a couple of people on that cusp of England team that we spoke about. I actually had a conversation with a few people about Callum Wilson. I think he was pretty close to moving to Liverpool a few years ago before his, his bad injury. And I was talking about United needing a backup striker with uh, Lukaku's current problems. So you, you wouldn't want someone like him to miss out. But I think let's just wait and see to after it and see how long it might be. It might be a literally a, like a testimonial appearance where he... he comes on for the last few minutes and you know it would be nice for him to get a penalty is, is a game at Wembley yeah it is yeah. so if he, if he comes on for the last few minutes are the opposition defenders all like in a testimonial expected to all fall down and just let him waltz through and score because I mean no. <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know yeah I, I don't know how far-fetched it the other thing it is USA this is a side that didn't qualify against Panama you know this year I just we're, we're going to win that game anyway I just I just think it's like a mountain out of a molehill, and and I know none of the gate receipts are going to um, to his foundation, but more people are going to go to more pe- since he's been in the squad, haven't the the, the um, tickets sales increased? Like it's a knock on effect. They are like his charity won't will be walking around the stadium or outside the stadium. It's I don't know, it's, it's whatever, isn't it? Okay, so do we think Gareth Southgate agreed to this because it's like it sort of goes against everything that he's done so far? He's picked younger players, he's picked players in form, he's resisted the option of begging, you know, like everyone for the Euros, James Milner, and phoning him up and saying, "Don't not don't you retirement?" The pressure of like Glenn Murray and uh, Troy Deeney last year, he resisted the older player and went with the youth. Do we do we think he's on side with this, or do we think it's sort of forced on him? Trevor, you got a thought? <laughs> no, mate, I don't know. 
Anyone else? <laughs> no, I, I thanks, re- thanks for your insight. <laughs> uh, I reckon uh, forced upon him, um, but I, I don't think he'll mind too much. I imagine that I don't even know if when they're called up, if Rooney's going to go and train with them or whether he'll turn up on the day and get a bit of time. But uh, I don't know. I don't think a friendly against USA should have any bearings. If he was being called up for qualifiers, then you might sort of say that goes against Southgate's kind of ethos. But I, I really don't think that there's too much to be made of it. It's funny, isn't it? Like you get people, that, you know, people. You know, don't care about England friendlies. I wouldn't watch an England friendly, but as soon as like something like this comes up, it's a, a point to be said. And oh, you know, we're doing it wrong. Southgate's doing it right, and he. It, this is a complete one-off in a not a pointless friendly because obviously they're not. But if if you know, it's, it's not really going to do any youngsters harm, is it? If he if he if Rooney comes on with ten minutes to go, but Phil Foden, Sancho. Uh, you know, six, seven youngsters play. What you know? What is the issue? Yeah. I don't know. Not at all. I think. I think it's more if they get stopped from playing, isn't it? It's probably yeah. the issue. So. Okay, well, let's leave that there. I think we've probably got uh, one more thing to mention, which if you are in and around the Oval Area on Saturday the 24th of November, which is now just over two weeks away we are holding a fundraising event and it is at the arrow in abbey manor in yeovil we have a race night uh, it will be taking part straight after i think it's a chelsea tottenham game on just beforehand so we'll be in the pub there we'll be taking over the pub and holding a traditional race night with the uh, horses on the dvd so please come down and support if you can we'd be delighted to see you uh, keeping grassroots football going and 13 or 14 size that we have is is a it's a big task so Anything we can get from you all, all helps. Even if you come down and spend a couple of quid on buying a, buying a betting on a horse on the tote, then that would be fantastic for us, and we'd be absolutely delighted to see you. So I think that just about rounds off our first go at a podcast. Uh, I'm not sure we did it incredibly professionally, but you know, we've given it a go. Uh, we hope you enjoy it, and we hope you listen again. Uh, try it again. We've, we'll certainly give it another go, and maybe iron out some of the mistakes and unprofessionalism we had along the way, and maybe try and learn how to do things properly. And as we go, we'll see what we can do with editing and things like that. But you never know. It's very difficult out there. Though we go go and train for football every week, there's no real training sessions on how to make a podcast. So you never know what we do. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what we've done today. We'd love to have your questions about uh, our club, if you've got any. We'd love to hear your questions about grassroots football in general and, and all the running of it. Uh, we're on Facebook if you want to find us. We're obviously Western Sports Football Club. And on Twitter at the handle at Westland, Westland, no S, underscore sports. So please get in touch. If you want to use the hashtag WSFCPod, then we'll have a look as well and find some questions and we'll answer your questions the next time out. Also in the future, we'd like to try and talk to some of our opponents, uh, some of our local rivals, uh, some players and our, from, for our opposition. And we'll also have a chat and see if we can get some interviews with our players and committee about the things that we do. And maybe even some of the guys who were there every week standing on the touchline watching us. Only remains for me to say thanks very much to Ant Heron, Alex Murphy and Ryan Trevitt for coming along and giving their thoughts and opinions in today. And to say that we hope you listen again. Thank you very much.